Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Podcast Juice. My name is Michael Dean, and we are recording the podcast about Prince, aka the Prince Podcast. Yes, I said it. Uh, but we are here, we are back, and uh, also re recording out of a new location. This is the new home uh, slash base podcast juice uh, north northwest I should say uh, some of the other people are in different locations but uh, joining me today Mr. Big Sexy and Saxon how are you? Man I've been fighting this cold off for a couple of weeks but it's alright because I'm relaxing and enjoying a lot of music lately I like that alright alright and also joining us straight from Muse to the Pharaoh is Kanisa how are you? Darling Nisi, I should say. Oh, yeah. Just out my whole government. Um, <laughs> doing good. <laughs> I thought that was a known thing. My bad. I can't no, it is. It is. He's just working a lot this weekend. So <laughs> was breaking for today to be a normal person for once. <laughs> all right. All right. And um, man, it's been a minute since you've been on this particular podcast. But I know you guys recently did a show. Well, what was the last show that uh, you did for Music of Pharaoh? Yeah, we were talking about um, some of the women in Prince's life as it's always a point of contention. So we talked about some of the folks from the 90s and later from the professional standpoint as not really getting into the gossipy stuff, but wanting to give people some background so they can, you know, check them out. Got it. All right. We'll definitely make sure everybody checks that out. And uh, also before we get going here, we want to shout out to Aunt Pooh. He couldn't make it at the last minute you know, daddy duties. So that's definitely a great reason to not be here <laughs> because I can understand that. So salute to him. Um, but anyway, let's go forward. We're going to do a review today of the Prince book, The Beautiful Ones. You know, we've been talking about this book for months. Uh, there's been all these other books that have come out about Prince, whether it's picture books or other people's bio books or whatnot. But here is the one that is billed as Prince's memoir, All right? And, I, and I'm saying that to make a point later. Um, but this is this is the one we've been anticipating this for quite some time. You know, when it, when he was alive and the news came out about this, and then you know his passing, and we wasn't sure if the book was going to come forward. And uh, here it is; it's 2019. That book has arrived, and I believe uh, you know salute to Prince and the state and everybody. Book is number one on. Uh, New York bestsellers list. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. So salute to them on that. Um, but we want to give our thoughts on this. Now that we've had some time to digest the book, you know, it's been out for a couple weeks. I want to say a little bit more. Um, so we're going to do what So we'll do this. We're going to start with ladies first. I'm on my queen Latifah. Um, darling Nisi, what, what are your thoughts on Prince, the beautiful ones? Okay. So uh, if you follow me on social media, I mentioned how I was going to take a break because I didn't want to see all the little spoilers and out of context headlines because I was looking forward to um, uh, Elton John's book as well. And there were so many different headlines that were like, oh, he said this and this and this. And I started to see those a little bit earlier than the press embargo for Prince's book. So I was like, uh-uh, I don't want to, I don't want to learn anything about this book from all this crazy media. So I like got off of social media I didn't go on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook and had people texting me like, Kanisa, did you see? I'm like, I didn't see anything. I don't want to know. And so what I did was I went up um, to North Georgia mountains via this getaway house thing, which is basically like a trailer in the middle of nowhere. And there's like no cell phone signal hardly. And it's just you're in nature so that I could have a book and just read it there. And so like I was, it was like nighttime. I had my candles and everything all day long. I listened to acoustic prints and stared out this big picture window. That was part of the trailer to get into the mood. And then I was ready. I had my tea and my stuff ready to go. And so I read it. Uh, of course, the beginning is, you know, the Dan Pippenberg's kind of experience writing the book. And I was like, oh yeah, that's good. That's good. But then there was Prince's part. And that's the part that I was most interested in. I wasn't at all interested in the pictures. I just wanted to know, like, what, how are you speaking to your own life through your own words and not anybody else's interpretation of your words? Like, I don't care about the rest. I just want your words. So I read that and I read it slow. And of course, it ended quickly. But the thing that, uh, and I wrote this in my mini review, the thing that was most impactful to me was reminding me how old he was. Because I 
I know that Prince was just a couple years younger than my parents. They were born in 52 and 53. But some of his phrases that he was using are the same things that my parents say all the time. Uh, his experiences, only slightly different than my parents. It's just like, whoa. And I thought about that because, you know, he's so ageless to all of us. And it's just like, wait, but he was like almost 60 when he passed. And literally from a generation that I'm familiar with because all of my aunts and uncles are just like him. He very quick. I mean, he obviously could have been one of them. But from his um, the way he grew up, even my parents had similar situations growing up, especially my mother. So like as I was reading his, it just made me want to call my parents and be like, I appreciate you guys so much more for what you've done for me, because it's just looking at it from a different view, I guess. And it, it really made me appreciate so much like what everybody of that generation did for my generation later and the barriers they broke and the way that they lived so that we could have more freedoms and ex the way we express ourselves now. And then there are the pictures, which again, could have been, you know, an uncle of mine. And it was just really interesting to see because, you know, in my fantasy life, I'm like, oh yeah, Prince is very God boyfriend, but it's like, not really. Prince is more like the uncle. <laughs> and, and yes, you know, there's so much of him. He's very sexy and stuff, but it's more to it than that. And I just really appreciate the way that resonated from um, just a really personal place. In and he's always been very personal. And, and I've always liked him so much because he was such a conglomeration of like my, my family and the music that we listened to growing up, like even the songs he names. Like I did a tweet and listen this past Friday of the songs that he named and other songs that my parents were growing up and would play all the time, which I'm sure he was familiar with because he named a bunch of them in his book. So it was like, it, it just really brought home how much he feels a part of my family and the way I relate to him is because of the black experience of you know, the boomers, as it were, and how they grew up and just how much that is part of my heritage. And I guess in a nutshell, uh, well, overall, as a book, though, I I didn't really like it, to be honest, because I was really, again, only interested in Prince's part. If it was only like the 20 or so pages that were his, that would have been enough for me. Um, and I feel like the rest of it was kind of fluff, which, you know, it had to be because he didn't, you know, write that much. But um like I said, I was really only interested in what he said and um, I guess kind of interested in the, like the sidebar notes that um, Dan would add as conversations that they had or things that he had said then. But it's just like, yeah, I, I, I only I was only interested in Prince's words. The pictures were cool. But yeah, that that was it. <laughs> All right. Big sexy. Sorry about that. <laughs> Well, for me, and again, I got the book the day it was released. It was shipped to me through Amazon. And it was very, for me reading it, it was almost like a cathartic experience because, like, like Nisi said, you're hearing and reading his words about things like growing up, you know, and... and being in these little bands and getting with these girls. And you see the things that go along with that. A lot of the artifacts, like the pictures, the little drawings. And he's apparently, he's clearly creative, creative as all get out. Because he would draw little pictures that go with things. And, you know, you'd see lyric sheets later on, all these other things in the picture section. Um, but I was rereading this morning about his selection and interview of Dan Pipenbring about being his, I don't want to say collaborator, but someone who was writing the book with him and things they talked about. And that got me thinking about things. And, you know, a lot of the things Prince, one of the things Prince said, he said, how to Dan, he said, how would you solve racism? And Dan came up with like a really clinical answer that you'd give in a job interview when i read that answer i'm like that's a good answer no no you know he, he knew prince wanted more than that and it makes you think and there's a quote that a lot of people have said i've said it myself a million times you got to walk before you can run and prince said no no that's a slave mentality i thought about that and i can see where he's coming from you know prince to me what I gleaned from that is don't let anyone place their limitations on what they think you should be about on you. 
do your thing. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, that's okay too. Do your thing. And as I looked at it through that paradigm, he talked about the music industry, which we all know he's had beef with. And we all know, and I say we, I mean us serious Prince fans, we all know when he first got signed, he told Warners, he said, look, don't lump me in just with black music. I thought about that. I'm like, well, that's unusual. And then reading in the interview portion, you know, how that's been done from day one in this industry, you know, they will take people who look like myself, Michael and Nisi, and say, look, we're going to market you here to this small segment. And if by chance your music escapes that area organically, great. We'll market you to other people too. But for now, you stay here. In other words, you know your place. That's not going to work for me. And I didn't work for Prince. And I just enjoyed the interaction. And Prince, you know, for all people saying or what they've seen and all that, just a normal cat. You know, he drove himself around. And <clears throat> I don't know who the quote was attributed to. I, you know, Mike has told me that he thinks it's a certain person. I don't want to name names, but someone who used to work for him said, it is my God given duty to protect his recordings. And Prince is like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you saying that I can't take care of my own affairs here? I do brush my teeth myself in the morning, you know? And I thought about that. I'm like, shit, he's right. He's right. He's all about, or he was all about the, owning of your creativity about your intellectual property. And so many people don't see that. And there was a section in the book that said he wanted this to be a how-to book written or, or wrapped in an autobiography, wrapped in a biography, which I thought, wow, that's, that's heavy. But I, I enjoyed it. It's one of the books that I, I like to look at just for reference material and for inspiration sometimes because, you know, this may be a bulletin, but I don't know everything. <laughs> and I like to get different thoughts on things, especially in areas of intellectual property and creativity. Mike, the floor is yours. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, let's see. So I was so excited to jump into this book. And one of the things that really got me uh, excited for it initially was actually, was it the New Yorker piece that had yes. some of Dan's uh, intro in that? I remember reading that when it came out and I was just like, whoa, okay. I wasn't quite sure at the time if that was going to be in the book or, uh, or if it was just written for the article. Obviously reading it now, that was pulled from the book and it goes a little longer in that. And like Kanisa, I, I think she said she enjoyed that part. I think she was more interested in Prince's stuff. I will say that that part of the book, I enjoyed it a lot. Like I found it very, uh, as I like to say, interesting. One, to hear Prince's uh, thoughts and the things that, you know, the questions he was asking and you got to see a little bit of the process of like how he was working on this book with Dan. Um, I thought that was enthralling, you know, to, to listen to that. Um, I, let me say this. I tip my hat to Dan was pipe and bring pipe and bring that's his name. Yeah. I tip my hat to Dan Be and I'll say this. And the reason I say that is because he, if he is in fact the editor of this part here and wrote this, he could have easily have edited out or omitted a lot of the things that Prince was talking about that had to deal with race. And, yeah. and things of that nature. Um, he could have just kept it. Oh, I just want to speak about the music or for whatever reason. I love that he kept that in. I don't know if there was things, other stuff he may have left out, you know, uh, but I tip my hat for him to put that stuff in there because to me, uh, that man, that prince of 60, whatever years, his mindset, I wish we had more of an opportunity to hear that play out uh, throughout the music going forward. And I would have been very interested to see 
what Prince would have attached himself to or would have been speaking out or not against because the world, at least America, has surely went into a whole different place. And Prince usually always has something to say about whatever is going on. And just by kind of seeing the things he was kind of talking about, I would have loved to see how that would have played out. I also got the impression that Prince was very cognizant of how he would be perceived saying certain things and whether it's the media or his projects. Because I think he said something about, you know, I, I could say this, but I don't want to sound like Kanye West, you know, and not to diss Kanye, but people would see me as being arrogant or something like that. And I, to me, a lot of the stuff he was saying was codified in a sense, or at least as I can, but I understand exactly what he meant. And I looked at him and I was like thinking about the things that he's done over his career and the moves he has made and listening to this behind the scenes glimpse of him, because let's be clear, these conversations he's having with Dan were not for our consumption, right? This was a conversation he's having with another man about something they're working on. This was not something he was standing on the mic telling us to put out there. So to see how he somewhat thinks behind the scenes as opposed to what he shows to the public was very telling to me. And I could see that he is very cognizant of, I know how some of my fan base could take some of these things. I Let me, and I'm, I'm just kind of throwing in my thoughts. Let me get this cat here, Dan, to sort of filter through this so that it just don't come off as, you know, and how would I say is, I'll show a prince that they may not be ready to see. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like some of my fans may just want to see me as I how I have been presented and how I've allowed myself to be presented. But obviously some of the things that he was talking about will blow the minds off of a lot of prince fans. If it would just came raw and uncut out of, out of his mouth and not sort of filtered through one is filtered through the lens of he's not here anymore Two through the lens of this is a, a and B conversation and now they're sharing it to the public. So I would have been very curious, like how would he have had, so that all that stuff you just said, like that slave talk, if Prince had said that out to be in public com consumption, there would have been a head buster for some, whoa, my man, he lost some others. Oh, really? No, if he would have, again, the stuff he said about Jimmy Iovine, if he would have said that out in public, it, it would have it been some ramifications behind that. Right. Just as we see now when these you know, Quincy Jones or certain people, they get out here, they just they just be saying, hey, this, it is what it is. And they say something, they be having some blowback, whether it's from, you know, uh, social media or from the actual person or it's behind the scenes where, oh, he's talking like that. Yeah, go ahead and shut his stuff down or he ain't working. He ain't working over here no more. So it'd be, <laughs> so a lot of little things that I was like, man, that's OK. I, that's, you see how Prince probably really was. And if you take that and piece it into that Ebony or is it Essence uh, article that our friend uh, Miles did and how some of that conversation might have been a little too much. Oh, you go ahead and pull that back. Eh, eh, I don't think they, they don't probably want to hear me coming at people. It may sound like I'm coming at people. And, and just like you, you mentioned the thing about the, the lady said that uh, when we're talking about Susan Rogers, keeping it, we keep it a buck here. Uh, when Prince was talking about Susan Rogers, he was like, you know, nah, I don't agree with that. Let me call the cops on that situation. And he was saying the same sort of things in that other interview, but I maybe he felt like, you know what, that it may seem like I'm I'm mad or or I'm coming at people. Yeah, pull that back. So, but you can see he's consistently talking like that behind the scenes. So that's almost like that gives you a little glimpse of, yeah, dude wasn't no pushover, man. Wasn't no sucker. He was a he was an older dude, you know. He came through the civil rights era and the struggle and all that. He's a, he like you said he like your uncle or he like your dad and them homeboys. They older than us, so they have a different way of looking at. It. They ain't worry with all this foolishness, and he definitely wasn't. And some of them look at things uh, obviously with their racial lens because that's just the world we come through. So I, I felt everything he was saying. So I thought that was very fascinating to see that. <clears throat> now, to get to the actual reason why we came to get this book, because the book is called A Memoir. Let me say that. I, I enjoy it. Let me, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to say what I feel. 
I'm, I, I enjoyed looking at this for a lot of different reasons, but I will say this after having it for a while, I actually question if they should actually put this out. To me, it's not a memoir. It's incomplete. Uh, the part that Dan wrote was good, but would I have bought a book just to, to read that? Probably not, unless it went longer and deeper into other things. It was just as enlightening to me as if I read it online for free on the New Yorker, which I did. It was just an expanded version of that, you know, but his writing was good. Uh, again, would I have been interested to hear a younger white dude's opinions on and I'm, I'm throwing it through the lenses of how I look at it. Would I have been curious to what he thought about Prince? Uh, no, not necessarily. No. Like, I'm like why, why would I? I? What has he done? I don't, I don't, I haven't read none of his works. I'm not familiar with it. So I wouldn't be inclined to care what he thought about it. But being that he was chosen by Prince, right? Which I understand why Prince did that. And now they wanted to keep him part of the project, which I have no problem with. I think he should be. Uh, to me, it just read as he's a young man who's a Prince fan. Let's keep it clear. I, I, I can see he's a, he's, a, he's a Prince fan, but uh, I thought there was some things that he could have went deeper on from those conversations, but he may not have had no experiences to really flesh those out or, or understand some of the reasons why those questions Prince was saying. or. Again, you're talking to an older black man uh, who has these experience. He's a superstar and he comes from the north side of Minneapolis. So there's a lot of things in there that could be fleshed out and really get into. But again, this is a you're talking to somebody who don't have those experiences. So how would they know to, to dive into that? So that part was cool. But the Prince part was fascinating to me. But it was cut short unfortunately and after i read it i had to ask myself man you know prince would have never put out nothing that wasn't finished not to that level to me like if that was a song that was just the beat and the lyrics done as a freestyle but it wasn't but th those lyrics probably wouldn't have really made the verses. They would have just, he would have started the verses based off of those, but they would have never been released as the song. That's how I kind of see this book. These were literally his writings in a, in a notebook or, or, you know, paper that he was giving to this guy to edit and flesh out, but they didn't get to really do that. So as much as fascinating as the information that was contained in there and about his childhood and stuff, I, I just, I, I know he wouldn't have put it out like that. I always, and and it's, it just opens it up to make me wonder if, cause he was kind of going a little deep into some of his family stuff, but I was curious if he would have finished this, I wondered if he would have even released the book. If he'd have been like, mm. you know what, this might be just too much. I don't want to put, put, put me out there and maybe I don't want to put my family out there like that. I had to think about it again. This is an older dude. A lot of a lot of us older, even young cats, don't want our business in these streets. Let us, so, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he kept, he is so protective of the things that we know about him. So to me, it's shocking. Like he would go so much into his uh, history, and then we talk. You know, I mean this this girl right here, my first crush, and here's this picture. I'm curious if he would have finished the book, would he have kept those types of things in it? You know, it just felt like this was more of a raw, let me just get it out first and then figure out what I'm going to put on the page. But by release, so, so I said, let's say by releasing it like this, I deal with it for myself to understand he would have never put this out. And, but I am not one of these people that would be like, Prince would never do this, so you shouldn't do it. I say, hey, it's a product now. So you can read it if you want to. I'm just dealing it from myself as a fan. I was going to buy it regardless, but I just understand that I know what I'm looking at. Right. Um, but the things that were there that he's talking about his family, uh, it, I looked at it as a lens, as a, I guess I can say a 50 year old father at this point, it, it was heartbreaking to me because one, I can see some of myself in that. 
been through some of those experiences. And I was like, this is how our kids. To me, you got to see the mind of a child written by the, an adult who went and who went on to become something his parents could have never imagined, or even his, you know, his friends at the, for that matter, would have never known he would have become this icon person, right? He didn't even mess it. Well, maybe he did know that. But it's written from that vantage point, which most of us don't get to sit at those types of vantage points to reflect back on our life and have um, a different experience. And not just to say, oh, well, I grew up to be a senior citizen and I'm just living a, 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 a normal citizen's life. He's living the extreme citizen's life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he's a world-renowned superstar. So it's interesting to hear a world-renowned superstar black man, older dude, can look back and go back to his youth and revisit it all to the point when he was just a child and he just has these inkling rememberings of his mother and his father and talking about their relationship and then them separating how he viewed that. I just was like, man, this is how our kids, this is how our kids look at us. And then how it goes to shape their life. You can see little things in that and through the things he's talking about. And you can see, oh, he was doing this. He doing the same thing throughout his career. And you see how he's, you know, how he, how he had uh, dealing with ladies. His, you know, stuff he may wear or why he may make these decisions. I, for me, I kind of could see, I was like, wow, okay. This puts a lot in there. Maybe he was throwing little things at us all the time in the music. And you didn't know if it was just some shit he made up for the songs. Or was really drawn from real shit. So it was very, you know, I was like eye-opening. I was like, wow, okay. But, and I wrap this to say, it, it ends so abruptly, obviously and sadly. Uh, the rest of the book sort of goes into, um, I'll just say it, it was like, it was kind of exploitive to me. Though I, I like the book, but I'm just saying, I don't know if Prince would have said, here, take my private photo album and put that in the book. I, I, I don't know if that was his plan. Maybe I don't know, but I highly doubt that he would have done that. So I, it's, it's a little weird to me. I was like, well, okay, though this is interesting, you know. It would be just as interesting if you went over to your family or your homeboy's house and his grandma and them came out with their family books. So here, take a look. You'd be like, wow, oh, there's you when you was. But, but this is Prince we're dealing with. So when you see these people in here, I'm like, wow, okay, there go Andre. Like, man, like, I was like, man, I can't imagine how he feels. And you saw there's a picture of his mom in here. I was like, man, wow, okay, these, these are real people. You know what I'm saying? When you see historically, you see these people, I was like, man. It look, it's just like you at somebody's house looking at their book. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's their real peoples. But I was like, oh, it'd be one thing if they handed it to you <laughs> to read it versus if it was put in a book and, and, and your grandmother didn't get to make that choice. But I mean, hey, so that's how I kind of looked. I was like, okay. And then I was like, you know, there's cool pictures in here. Um, but I was starting to think like, you know, a, a lot of this stuff, could have probably been used if you're going to use it. I could have saw it being used in a in the liner notes of a special edition of a particular album because it seemed like some of the stuff was specific to this album. And then it kind of jumps to 1999, and then it kind of went into the had a parade pictures in there, and then it jumped back to window uh, purple rain. And I was like, eh, it's kind of all over the place, uh, and it, and it's not getting its proper like exploration you know what i mean like it's just little bits and pieces of here uh and i was like yeah this i don't know this is and, and the and there wasn't any commentary to the pictures the commentary was further back in the book so i was like who's going to go back and look at pictures and then go to read and then go back to find out why couldn't they have put those commentary right next to the pictures at least um, and some of the, again, I'm looking in the completest eyes. Some of the pictures were already in the book earlier, uh, or some pictures were pulled from other picture books we have been published already. It's, ah, you got to keep track of the, of the story. Like, if you were watching a song and it was pulling riffs from another song into this song, 
Like, ah, that wasn't that other song you just did. Or why would you keep showing me the same stuff? So does it sound like I don't like the book? I did like it, but I'm, I'm just saying I question, I question the book. I'm a consumer. I can do that. And as a Prince fan, I question if it should have been released. Uh, obviously it is. I think it's worthy of you to go buy. But I would say to me, it's not, a, it's not Prince's memoir. Right. His life was so long and he didn't get to finish it. So, I, you know, it, it is what it is. I just thought it. But I think it's a fascinating type of look, but it's not what I wanted it to be. Ultimately, and it couldn't have be it couldn't be because Prince wasn't there to finish it. Uh, and it's written and the first part of it is written by somebody else. I question if this was any other person of this na stature. Would they put out a book and call it their memoir if he only written 20, 20, 30, 40 pages? Like, I don't know if they would do that. But I, again, I'm just giving you my honest reactions to the book. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm running on my mouth. Uh, Aunt Pooh is here, if I'm not mistaken. Ann, are you here? Yes, I am, sir. How's it going? It's going good. So we're giving our thoughts on the book. Uh, so you came at the perfect time. So. Let us know what what did you think of uh, the beautiful one? Um, I'm kind of like fifty fifty on it. Uh, at first, they had the writer. I'm sorry, his name is escaping me at the moment. Dan. Dan. Okay. And he was talking about the process that he undertook to be chosen as the writer. And I thought, okay, this is some pretty good insight. You know, it as a Prince fan, I can't imagine if. Not only I was in the running, but then a finalist and then being flown to Minneapolis to meet Prince, to be considered to write his memoir. That that's a pretty good story. The problem is, is that I didn't want to hear his story first. Mm -hmm. And as he went on and on, I was like, OK, we're going to get the Prince. <laughs> Where's the memoir at? Are we going to get the Prince? Are we you going to get the Prince? I ended up just skip. I didn't even read the rest of his story. That might have been good, but Prince's uh, initial memoir was more engage engaging that I didn't even go back to read, you know, how that how that story ended. So that kind of rubbed me just the wrong way. I'm not going to get on my conspiracy, brother, but I'm just saying he could make an appearance and have some things to say about that. Um, the other side of that, yes, it was too short, but I mean, you got to forgive the brother. He died and all. But the glimpse that he gave us with, you know, the stories of his mother learning some things that I didn't even know, the skipper and the way she would look at him and give him that wink and whatnot. Some of the stories about from his own mouth about the admiration that he had for his mother and his father, you know, it, it is kind of sad that we didn't get to finish it because it started off as a, a love letter. And I don't know if that's the right term, but in my, there was love from him to his parents. And you can really sense that in how they shaped him and what they did. And then we got a little bit of Mackish Prince that, you know, <laughs> you know, he, he, he tried to he was telling us that, you know, he wasn't so much uh, what we come to expect with the quote unquote harem of beautiful women and how it, in my opinion, how it began. It's kind of anticlimactic, but it's very entertaining to see. He didn't choose her. She chose him. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> okay. And I'm thinking like part of that is kind of like, okay, of course a woman chose up on Prince. But the other point is, is like we kind of used to Prince choosing up on women. So that was kind of, you know, a, a reverse of what we've come to know of that man, seeing that back in middle school, how he was and how, you know, yeah, the ladies were chasing after him, but they actually literally had to come get him for him to really supposedly get that. You know, again, it's it's, it's sad to, to we didn't get more of it, but I, I get your point about how the, the liner notes and those quotes were all over the place. But I kind of enjoyed it to see, hear him speaking, which... For me, it was kind of eye-opening because I could have sworn like he didn't give his first interview to that 1982, 83 Rolling Stones article. 
and they had stuff from 78, 79, 80 with LA Times with Minneapolis. And I'm and I was just thinking like, I've never heard or seen any of this stuff before. So yeah, it was kind of disjointed, but at the same time, it kind of was I felt like they were kind of telling a, a narrative of who Prince was musically and what he had been through and what he was doing. Yeah, I can see that. Again, you know, I think it depends on who picks up this book, you know, like I can see a casual person very much. They pick this up and would be like, wow, a lot of this stuff I didn't know. Or, um, or even again, I think us Prince fans, we was going to grab that regardless. <laughs> right. There's so there's a lot in here still. Uh, but I just, I'm just saying in terms of it being a memoir, uh, Again, you, you made the point about uh, you didn't really want to hear dance sort of thing. And, you know, again, it's one thing that, again, that Prince picked this guy to, to do this with him, which I think is dope. But, it would again, I can only say, like, if this was, you know, I don't know, whoever you want to pick, um, an, another icon. And the first part of the book was somebody, you know, that's not known in that world. Uh, you would you be interested to hear their sort of thoughts on it? You might, eh, I don't know. It went on. I, I was, if he wasn't the first person, and if he was the first person that uh, that we were reading about in his book, it damn sure shouldn't have been as long as it was. Yeah, I mean, I when when the original New Yorker article came out, I had a huge reaction to it because. Of course, on Muse, we do a lot of um, Prince as a Black person, and we've done two different podcasts on what it's like to be a Black fan, as well as kind of navigating from beginning of Prince's career to when he passed and all the different kind of Black angles of how he navigated his career. And so a lot of stuff that was in the New Yorker article and in the intro of this book validated so much of what we said, like even using some of the same phrases or like our same sentiments, it was hugely validating, but I kind of agree. Cause it's like more than half of that book text wise, <laughs> wasn't even Prince's words. And like, I, I get that they were using, you know, the intro to be promotion for the book for people to buy it. And a lot of what Prince was saying uh, from the interviews in the, in the intro was important, especially when you're talking about race relations in America and what he felt about that and how he was legit like down, but, um, and it's important for people to hear that. Cause even, um, when I posted that on my Facebook, there are people commenting like, Oh, Prince believes all lives matter. And then people were jumping in to say, he literally did not say that he literally said the opposite of that. And I think it's interesting even seeing what people are saying about this book. Now, not a lot of people are talking about that angle, even now after he's said all of this stuff. And I've even seen people say that they weren't even interested in Prince's words. They were more interested in the picture. So it's just like, it, it's people. This book is to people what they want it to be, and they will see what they want to see out of it. For me, as a Black woman, it was hugely validating uh, from what he said at the beginning or in the interviews, and as well as, you know, his own words. But like, as, as long as that intro was, even though it was annoying, I think it was important, some of the things that he conveyed from Prince's point of view. It was just like uh, the other side of it. I, I sort of question, like, why did you get a fan who saw you as an icon rather than as a person to write your story? Because like Michael Dean said, it takes a lot out of like, you're just so happy to be there that you don't have like the, not even an initiative, but the context and the knowledge to really dig into what he's saying to pull more out. Yeah. And I, and I, and I can understand why Prince went the route that he did. He's a very savvy dude right he understands like yo i can't just come out and push push this line that i want to push he's talking a lot of racial type of things and it's like you know what yeah i have to filter this through uh again to me he was uh as i say very savvy he, he understood his business he understood how his image was and i think he knows like yeah i can't I might be behind closed, you know, behind the door of Paisley Park. I might be going in, but that may not play to my fan base. I, you know, I, to me, I would be one of the reasons probably why we didn't get to really hear like, uh, was it Welcome to America or something like that, right? It was probably going in on certain things. Ah, I don't want, I don't really want that smoke right now, getting in the way of 
this other stuff. So let's hold those songs back. It's a little too political on that. You know, you know what I mean? Or just different things. And and maybe this might have been the reason why he could come and, and bounce off of old oh boy. What do you know about Tulsa, Oklahoma? Let's, whoop, whoop, whoop. let's get on this and see, maybe gauge how that dude would respond to it. So let me, okay. Yeah, maybe I'll put that part in the book. Maybe I wouldn't. But to me, again, I, I'm going to give one shout out to this one cat. Uh, was it Scott Woods? Is that his name? Writer. Yes. Now, I don't imagine if he would have had written, if, if these things would have been said to somebody like that, who can articulate these things from some experiences and been able to say, well, this, you know, here's sort of the uh, cultural points about what Prince is talking about and blah, 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 you know, whoop-de-whoop. That would have been very interesting. Now, some people might not want to read that, but I'm just saying, this is what Prince is talking about. Um, but, you know, neither here nor there. Um, but, you know, I, I think the book was, was very enlightening in certain areas. Um, I'd be honest, I got the book, the day it came out, read it that night, and I hadn't touched it uh, until the other day. Because mm. I was just like... I, I was, I was kind of heartbroken after looking at it. I was just like, man, your life can, I mean, he, and I'm, and I'm not feeling sorry for Prince. I don't like to do that. Where, oh, he was, oh, so sorry for him. He was putting signs and fuck that night. No, he lived his life. He lived the life he wanted to live for better or for worse. But he wasn't no, uh, come and help me. I don't know what I'm doing or sorry. Dude was mm -hmm. not that, you know what I'm saying? He was a man. You know what I'm saying? So I don't feel sorry for him. I just feel like, man, you never know when your life can be cut short. And he still had a lot he was going to do. And that's why I was like, man, it sucks because this was to me was a head buster. Cause I was like, man, you could be planning to do whoop this and that in the third, but boy, your shit can be done like that. And, you know, depending on how you leave things, this is what could happen. Or, you know, and then, you know, this came off the heels of the Morris book. It's like, oh, man, it was some things you don't get to go back and say, hey, man, let's do this now. Or, oh, I love you or or whatever plans he may have had with this book that he was going to tell people about certain things. I wonder, because he's mentioning certain old friends in his life that he was going to be trying to reach out to those people. Uh, and reconnect or, you know, or, or I wonder, like, how is this going to tie in with uh the piano and the mic shows, you know, you could act to me looking at it now, I can see they was going to be hand in hand with each other. You know, I can see like, I think maybe the this, this shows would have, you know, went all the way to this book. You know what I mean? Like you could see now he was kind of throwing some of that in that show. That's what that was about. And it was like, yeah, let me get my, and it's going to, you know, the end result would be this book and I'm, you know, a whole new thing for Prince. You might, you know, learn some stuff about him, but we never, you know, you don't get it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it was cut short. And so to me, it was like, this was a head buster. Be like, yo, man, let me go call my kids right now <laughs> and make sure they know, you know, your dad loves you, your mom loves you, or call my parents or call my friends or whatever. And don't take nothing for granted. Oh, you're going to do this? You plan on doing this? Then you better do it. Because you should could be cut short, man. And I'm not even getting into it. Did he die? Was he murdered? I ain't even having that conversation. I'm just saying he ain't here. And I'll say this is to me, I always want to know what, what was going on with these uh, book release parties where they had the, the Dan do. Cause I'm like, Prince was talking about in this book, basically having black business, black business and he didn't want, you know, slave talk. And I was like, is this so, so ironic that I don't see no people. <laughs> what a black I mean who there's who the, one in New York who the face of this book there's one in New York they have NPG Spike Lee um, have they did that already it's in the 18th okay I think that's the only one that I've seen though that was black centered and I'm like it's a highly ironic that they got the book <laughs> and I know like, who's they Mike yeah, no, no, stop you know what I'm talking ah, I get it but salute to the uh, state you know I I hope this thing is very successful. Uh, it's just ironic. That's all I can say, man. Well, can I ask a question that's a little more lighthearted? Sure. 
So the, the thing that was striking to me, the way he talked about women, especially the young women that he was coming up with, he was speaking of them so reverentially. I just have a question. Do you guys remember your middle school crushes to the level that he did in speaking about them? Is that or is that specific to Prince? Oh, I remember. I can remember. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Not to that level, but I can remember. Because he was like real detailed. I'm like, it, it was interesting to me, like how much. They say dudes aren't sentimental about stuff. I'm like, all y'all got crushed when you were like 12 and you're holding it on your shoulder for the rest of your life. That's what it seems like. Now, the thing is, the thing that shocked me is he knew the first and last name, which I'm like, I can do that for the life of me. If they have that much an effect on you, yeah, you remember. I think that goes for men and women, I would say. Does it? I don't know. Oh. Really? Well, okay. I, I might be different, though. I was just wondering. Hilarious. I thought it was funny because we were in the Discord the other day and y'all were talking about, oh, I want to see Prince's little black book and his notes. And you essentially got that <laughs> in this book. Oh, yeah. That, was, that would have been, if the beautiful ones, that's what it was. That would have been a very interesting book. But mm-hmm. I, I think that was cool, though, that, I mean, to me, it's... You, I don't want to say humanized me. He was always human, but it just, it, it made me like, Ant say he wasn't, um, some Mac from the beginning. You know what I mean? He was a regular young man who was nervous around girls or, you know what I mean? Like he wasn't like this dominating force to women and they would just buckle at their knees to him or something. You know what I mean? He was a regular guy. Like he had the same sort of things we all kind of had. Uh, and I thought that was dope, but I could see, Later on, I'm like, see, this is why I wish there was some that could ask these questions. Like, so him coming through that, and then how does I want to know what Prince thought? When did you become, or even if you ever did become this very overconfident, I don't know if it says overcome, but very confident and have no problem speaking to women? You know what I mean? Like, where you are the man now. Like, I was, I'd be curious what his thoughts are, women, of where he's like, I don't know if she has my best interest at heart. Like, is she just want to give this to me because I'm a star or or does she really want to talk to me? You know what I mean? Like, that would have been interesting to see now that we see where he started his interactions with women. How did he feel later when he becomes his object to women? Or or even if it even changed. True. Or if he was just better about, you know, holding back because he did say something about I learned that I always have to keep a part of my a piece of my heart. And Mm. like all the gossip you hear is that you know Prince, but you don't really know him, especially when it comes to relationships. And it's like one woman will speak of him this way. Another will speak of him in a different way. And I'm not trying to psychoanalyze, but you can see how someone could come to be that way in the way that he talks about his mother. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know any other things you guys want to bring up about the book? No. All right. (laughs) <laughs> um, what, what do you think the last thing will, will there be any will this, does this book have a life to it do you think like I think it does because being a number one bestseller <clears throat> regardless of your content gives you a certain credibility in certain circles that people want to have this book so it's going to have some legs on it I was going to say the joke but I know he's so, so sensitive I think it will too, because as much as I totally agree with you, Michael, on how I don't think that this book would have ever made it out. I think it would have been like, uh, never mind, I'll do something else. <laughs> but I still bought it like four times and I gave away three of them. So okay. it is what it is. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I, so this book is, is, is great to me. Now I really want to see what they are going to do with the Netflix documentary. Because I think that will have an opportunity to show a more complete uh, vision of his life thing than just, you know, the very early formative years. Um, Who is on that now that Ava DuVernay is out? I have no idea. I don't think they've said, but I'm sure they're going to do it. (laughs) She ain't going to stop the show because of her, but whoever they do. Uh, I'm very curious to see that because maybe that would show more uh, of it. And I wouldn't be, I actually don't be, I wouldn't be surprised. There will be another book like this or something. If, if you, to me, if, if the majority of this is pictures, I don't see why they wouldn't do another. 
I, I would imagine he's got countless of notebooks. You know, a lot of this was his handwriting of songs and stuff. If they could do that, I don't see why they wouldn't have a whole bunch of these then. As much as he's done over these years, all the stuff he's probably has written, pictures and stuff. I would not be surprised if there is some, some other book prints listed as the author or whatever. It'd be interesting. All right. I'm not shitting on the books. So stop it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm future looking at the comments now. I mean, you're being honest. There, it was lacking, and you you just have to accept. You know, he didn't get to finish it, and they padded it. Let's just be honest; they did pad it. Let me ask this question before we get out of here: Would would we accept this sort of treatment if they do his music this way? Well, we kind of already are. Do do tell. What do you mean? Well, a lot of people have been <clears throat> critical of some of the releases because they are technically unfinished. And this book is an unfinished story. So people are getting these pieces of music. Well, it's unfinished. Well, I, I tell them, it's up to you. But they're not padding want- them. I'm talking about in terms of them finishing off. The, like they padded oh, this hell book. No. That's what I'm saying. The way they did no, this, no, would you accept the music no, that way? Okay. No. No, 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 no. That'll get somebody killed. No. Mm. Oh, let me ask this question. Well, that, so that's how you feel. Kanisa, what about you? Oh, same. And no. Yeah, I agree. There'd be hell to pay. So let me ask this other question. Then why <laughs> do we accept this book that way? What do you call accept? What's your definition of accept? Well... If they took an album, I'll give an example. If they, or took, I mean, in turn, okay, go ahead, go ahead. If they took an album and they said this is Prince's, I don't know, whatever they called it, and the songs weren't completed, but we hired the MPG to go in and finish those songs, and here is the album. That's what I mean by complete. So this is a book, a project Prince was working on. He didn't get to complete it, barely started it, but we're gonna finish it off for him, put his name on it as if he wrote it mm. and sell it to you as his memoir. So I'm asking if, if you can, if, would we, why do we accept this un- a completed piece of work that is credited to Prince, but we wouldn't consider his music that way. I guess it's a question even for us of what we deem the definition of accept, because I bought it, of course, um, a couple times. I wasn't necessarily, because whenever I talk about this book, I'm usually only talking about what Prince wrote and not what came before it or after it. But I'm grateful that we did get what Prince wrote, even though he might not have put it out that way if he was still here. Um, so it's 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 always confusing because that's, that's what all of these post-releases are because they're not fully finished projects ever. He didn't put them out. And in a way it is someone finishing it, whether it's someone else mastering it, someone else choosing what we get to hear. I mean, everything that we get besides the re-releases are gonna, is gonna be like that. And so it's like, even though I, I don't necessarily agree with how it was put out, I'm going to appreciate what they do put out. That's, you know, that hasn't been available before because it contributes to his legacy and it puts more out there for him to be represented at least with his own words in some part or his own music in some part when we're not here anymore to advocate for why he should be uh, celebrated. Okay. And again, I don't think it's the same thing because with the book, you have the, the information from Dan in the beginning. Then you have Prince's own words and then you have pictures. Now, if someone took Prince's own words, and decided as an editor, I'm going to fatten this up here. You know, I'm going to cut that out there. That's just the same effect that would be to dick around with the music. Because if you take a, you know, master tape of, of song X, give it to person B, go ahead and finish this. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, I like more drums here and more synths here. I'm going to put another chorus here. No, 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 no. No. You fuck with somebody else's deal. No. Can't do that. And poo. 
I don't know if I can add anything to it. Uh, just overall, just for me, like like I was saying, t- touching the music, like I saw with Justin, they had a put Justin Timberlake on Michael Jackson, and I absolutely hated that. And I, you know, at the same token, there's talking about having uh, Will I Am doing some stuff as well with unreleased tracks, and I'm like, no, I want the vision of Michael Jackson. For me, I would rather you just put it out as is than have somebody go behind it. Like like uh, Mark was saying, no, don't want that. Don't want it like that. If they're just going to go into the vault and just say, okay, hey, we're going to give it to you raw, just like uh, Dirty Mind was. Well, the the statement being that it was um, uh, demos that he did, that he didn't just release. Give us that part. But no, don't go in and touch it. Touch it up to try to, in their mind, fill out the album. No. All right. Well, I, I would argue that's what this book is. Uh it's you know, right. Prince's pages they put in. I think there were more pages than they put in there. Didn't they say there was like a fifty page or something? I don't. I can't remember if that's what we got in here now. But allegedly, so they took the parts that he did that were not necessarily written for us to hear anyway. But they took that part, put that in the book, but they went and got. So my equivalent to my my album analogy would be if they went and got the engineer and had them put their notes at the beginning, <laughs> right? So, or conversations about the recording of the album at the beginning. <laughs> and then took pictures from a book they found that wasn't in relation, relation to what he was writing per se. They just happened to find these books by going through it and then put those pictures in the back. To me, that would be, if, if it was an album and if it was, here are some songs that Prince did on his tape recorder, like piano on a mic, for instance. If they had took piano on a mic, which was not intended for us to hear anyway, but they said, okay, fine. Here's his recordings. And they took that recording and said, well, let's put the engineer's comments or at the beginning, we talked about making the album. And then since it's not long enough, just the songs, we're going to either get more musicians to do a different version of those songs at the end of it so you can hear what it would probably would have sounded like fully done. People will lose their goddamn minds if they did that. Didn't they do that with, um, what's that? Nothing Compares to You? That version, that cinematic version was not, that was something that an engineer added stuff to. The one that came with Target. Something about the Claire Fisher stuff? I didn't no, hear. No. I didn't hear this. The, the, I don't know what the cinematic version. If the it, target is just him singing mm-hmm. acapella, and they add in orchestra around it. That wasn't ever a, a thing that was done while he was here. I heard that's something that they added. Who, who does that orchestration? Do you know? I would have to look and see. It's I probably Claire it, Fisher. I thought it was. Claire it wasn't Fisher like a tracks that wasn't uh, weren't weren't used right, but were recorded for that song. But he just took them tracks off. Right, the and then version. they put it back on and then re Right, so that was, but, yeah. but that would be, that would, but Prince knew that was recorded. He chose not to have those tracks turn, he chose to turn those tracks off as opposed to getting somebody who had nothing to do and pull. That'd be like, I, I guess I would say like, that would be like if you were saying that orchestration was from a different Prince song. Oh, oh, oh. And they it's put not that the in. orchestration part. It's like, okay, so the first like 20, 30 seconds, 40 seconds, it's just sing, Prince singing by himself. And then they mixed in the orchestra behind it. So it's like that take of that song was never engineered that way while he was here. It was just like a creative kind of combination of things to make a new version. And did you accept that? (laughs) It was interesting. I bought the Target version just because I wanted to get it from the store, but I'm just saying. Well, that's that's all I'm I'm just asking. You know, I'm kind of trying to spice it up, but I'm just saying, like, why would we... We know we wouldn't, we say we wouldn't go for that if it was done with his music, but I guess maybe we don't hold his memoir in the same way we would hold his music. Obviously we don't because Mm -mm. we can rationalize it to ourselves one way. But again, yeah, let them do how they did Michael Jackson with that Justin Timberlake thing. Probably the rest of the world could give no dams about it, but I know the community would be up in arms about it. But but I don't know. Th- to me, this all opens the door for something like that. If you, well, if you, you can accept this, it's number one at the charts. 
and it's getting his legacy out there, well, then wouldn't let's go ahead and put that Drake Drake vocal on that track. Goddamn, we <laughs> number one in the box. <laughs> now, his, and it get his legacy out there to more people. So. Now, what I, I thought what they could have done is that since he is talking about these people in his memoir, he's talking about his family, he's talking about uh, these uh, classmates. I wish they had. Now, I mean, I said wish. Why didn't they go and talk to those people and maybe give some background if they have interesting stories to really kind of add to what he was telling us? You know, that would have been kind of interesting. I agree. But do the fans care? I'm sorry. I'm being really negative. No, I would just like really I would say they would care more than they care about Dan's intro. Intro. Well, I mean, the thing about it is like that's what's been so annoying to me because people are like, "Yeah, I don't really care," or people would like call out certain people that he named and not others in that section of the book. It's just like it's just been such an erasure of the black part of Prince post his duck out. I'm just like really discouraged about that. But one thing I would say. Would be really interesting with what they could have done is done a box set of the piano microphone gala, and this would be minor notes as part of that because that would make more mm-hmm. sense. Because he was talking about it during the concerts, right. um, it gives context to what he was talking about. Would have been a nice booklet size, and it just would have been perfect to be presented that way. Yeah, that would have been cool. I can see that. Yeah. Well, uh, if we don't have anything else, uh, there you have it. I would say make up your own mind. Uh, go get it for yourself and, and take a look at it. I know, some, I know some people who have bought it who still haven't opened it up yet and just aren't ready to. I can dig. I can totally understand that. Um, but I would say, I think for any Prince fan, I think you should get it though. I, I, if everything I see, I think you still should get it. But I think you should get it and ask some questions. I don't think you should ever take something and just, you don't feel like you can't question something. That, you pay for it. So I say, I say you should be able to get in and just spark some conversation. You know what I'm saying? But uh, there you have it. I, I, I do think it's cool. I, you know, I, when I go into Barnes & Noble, I go there almost every day, and here it is sitting right there. You know, I see it when I come down the escalator. But I'm like, wow, he's still doing his thing, man. And I'll tell you this. When it came out, the day it came out, I went to the store right when it opened. And I was actually, I said, hey, do you, get, you guys got the new Prince book? She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, let me show you. So she walks me over to this table. And she's like, yeah, he's got the good, the good paper on it. He deserves it. I was like, you know what? He does. <laughs> I, was, I thought that was dope. Um, it's just funny to hear. I don't know. Again, I don't know the person's background, but there's just this level of respect people give Prince. I, I think it's sometimes cool to hear that. I was like, yeah, yeah, man, he did his thing. His name rings out out here. So there you go. Let us know what you thought of Prince, the beautiful ones. I'm dying to hear what people have thought about this book. Did you read it? Did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy it? Do you have questions for it? Um, let us know. I'm very curious. Now, before we get up out of here, uh, well, I, I say this. We're going to end this here. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Listen, check out podcastjuice.net. You can find us on what? Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Stitcher Radio, also the website, podcastjuice.net. Check us out, listen to all the shows that we have. Of course, we also have our other Prince-related show, Muse of the Pharaoh, and uh, all the other good stuff. If you haven't already, go to our Patreon page, become a member. You can just sign up for a dollar a month if you want, or you can do more, but get on board with that. That's a way to help support the show, and we would appreciate it if you do. But then again, as I always say, <laughs> work it like a job. We'll see you next time. She was a problem. All of my friends wanted to meet her. Even my man's girlfriend was jocking. Never leave us alone. I had to cross that broad out on the telephone. She was a problem. Yeah, she was fine. She was a problem. What's so Spin the
Problem. Bam. 